0: This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. This season, we're discussing the beginning of Taylor Swift's career, starting with her self-titled debut album. Since this is the first episode of Starbucks Lovers, I thought you might like to hear a bit about my life as a Swifty. For starters, my name is Maggie Lovett. You can find me all over the place on the internet, on various different podcasts talking about all sorts of different topics, but I have been a Swifty for so long, it felt right for me to finally branch out into somewhere that I could discuss Taylor Swift, and I am so happy that the Geeky Waffle Network wanted to bring me on to talk about Taylor Swift. I still remember the first time I heard our song on the radio, which I think probably would have been in like 2007. Taylor Swift had a pretty big presence on MySpace, and I distinctly remember lurking on her page after the album was released in 2006. But I didn't really get into it because it was very country, and I was a very moody 13-year-old who was listening to Evanescence, Hender, Fallout Boy, My Chemical Romance, all of those kind of bands at the time. But our song really hit right in my I'm-going-to-make-a-YouTube-fan-video-for-my-favorite-ship-on-television like niche. And I think from that point onward, I was what I like to call a secret Swifty. I think the first album I actually ended up owning was Fearless, but I didn't publicly admit to liking Taylor until the 1989 era. Uh, I was at Target the day that album came out because I just needed to get my hands on it. I didn't want to listen to it on YouTube. I didn't want to listen to it, like, downloading it on iTunes. I wanted to own the actual CD. Out of all of the eras, Reputation ended up becoming my favorite era of Taylor's because it really resonated with me during this, like, very transitionary period in my life. I felt Look What You Made Me Do, like, down into my bones. That song is still, like, one of my favorites to put on. Ironically, I was in uh, Providence, Rhode Island uh, the day that the, the album came out. I was staying at this really super fancy hotel downtown, and I still just remember, like, this thrill of, like, the album dropping on my phone and, like, blasting it in this hotel and just like dancing all over in my hotel room and just like feeling this like reputation era vibe. And you know it was actually my first Taylor Swift concert as well. I was about halfway through this 30-day shoot that I was working on um, for Wonder Woman 1984 and I was stressing that I was actually going to end up missing the concert because I thought I was going to end up having like three night shoots in a row. Um so I had worked two night shoots and then I went to Reputation. We actually had that night off off, and I was dead tired, but Taylor Swift brought me back to life that night. That concert was just like unbelievably awesome. I I don't think any concert will ever beat that and maybe not even any other Taylor Swift concert. That concert just like, I still put the Netflix uh, documentary on sometimes just to relive that experience because, oh, just chills. But essentially, ever since 1989, I've been an openly noxious Taylor Swift fan. And I don't care who knows that I love her. You know, then a few weeks ago, I was listening to one of my curated Spotify playlists while I was like taking a shower. And I had this idea. What if I got together with some of my favorite people and talked about Taylor Swift's albums in chronological order? That way there's no clear end in sight as long as she's still creating music. And that's essentially how Starbucks lovers was invented. So welcome to episode one of Starbucks Lovers. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the outside. But before we get into the music, I thought it would be nice to talk a little bit about some Taylor Swift news. Um, Of course, back in April, Fearless Taylor's version was released from the vault. Uh, It was really fun to hear Taylor's more mature voice singing some of these songs that were an anthem for my adolescence and I'm sure a lot of other people's adolescence as well. Um, Now, there have been some rumors, and we know how rumors go in the Taylor Swift fandom. But there were some rumors that there might be a new music video that's going to possibly drop in the near future. And as always, Swifties are trying to decode whether or not there are clues in her tweets. And there's been lots of hype about the fact that the grid is currently broken since Taylor shared some cool pictures um, over the weekend. I will say I've noticed that she's been using three emojis on a lot of posts lately and I will live and die by the Woodvale theory. If she puts out a trilogy of folk infused music with folklore evermore and Woodvale, I will be a very happy Swifty. That's really all the Taylor Swift news for this month. Of course, I'm recording this ahead of the release. So if something big has happened and I did not just talk about it, please don't come for me. It's not my fault. Taylor Swift is clever. She's going to release something and I will just not know about it. I'll be just like that girl who went to camp and was like, message me if anything happens. And literally we got albums while she was gone. But now without further ado, let's talk about Taylor Swift's titular album. The album was released October 24th, 2006 and was recorded when Taylor Swift was just 16. It was a very pop-minded country album, as the New York Times said in their review. It had five singles, all of which we'll discuss in depth later in the season. Even with her debut album, Taylor was putting secret clues into the album packaging. Taylor actually has around 100 unreleased songs that either got cut from albums or were only demo tracks. There were a number of demo albums prior to her debut album. Uh, You can find the lyrics to most of these songs on uh, Lyric Genius or even over on YouTube. Of course, Swifties have compiled all the lyrics because we're very dedicated to her music. These demos were released in 2002, 2003, and 2004. Uh, She had a three-track demo in 2004, which had two tracks that actually appear on her debut album and in the deluxe version, and these are iHeart, and the outside. And of course, we are talking about the outside today. So the outside, if you've listened to it, which I hope you have, if you haven't, stop now, cue it up over on iTunes or Spotify, give it a re-listen, and then jump back in as we discuss it a little bit more. So when I was going through Taylor's debut album, I was trying to figure out which songs should go in like which episodes. I was working on trying to find guests who were interested in certain like groupings of songs. And I was trying to figure out which song should start out this podcast. And I figured that the outside thematically really fit for the very first song to discuss because not only is it on Taylor Swift's debut album, but it was the very first song that she had ever written. And this was when she was 12 years old. It is the sixth track on her debut album and it is three minutes and 27 seconds long. The song features two verses and the chorus is repeated three times. In several different interviews, Taylor discussed how she felt very rejected in middle school and like an outsider, uh, which is what prompted her to write the song. That's the feeling that carries through into her songwriting and it launched her career, essentially. You know, it's it's really interesting because a lot of those insecurities and fears carry through for her into adulthood, much like they carry through for a lot of us. We're still that middle schooler we once were. They're just, you know paying taxes now. So much of her current catalog features is like really deep emotions of loneliness, feeling like you're on the outside or like you're losing the people in your life because you're just not good enough for them. And so I think it's really interesting to look at how, you know, obviously her music has evolved, her songwriting has evolved, her storytelling has evolved, but she's she's still that same 12 year old who felt like she was on the outside and the only way that she could relate was to write this music and to write what she was feeling and so this really just it felt like the right song to talk about you know taylor swift's origins you know and looking at the music and looking at the lyrics of the song you know i thought one of the lines kind of made me laugh um, which is i didn't read between the lines this is just kind of humorous to me because we all know that taylor swift makes us read between the lines now and there's just a lot of that thematically like in the margins of your life, in the footnotes of your life, these very similar threads that carry through into her music today. She also used the line, I tried to take the road less traveled. This lyric also appears in folklore, which I thought was interesting because it's, it's in Illicit Affairs, where they say, you know, take the road less traveled by. Obviously, this is a very common idiom. This isn't like Taylor Swift coined this phrase. But I definitely want to look into the fact that there's a lot of either kind of illusions or even direct lines that are repeated throughout her music. So that was something that like instantly caught my eye when I was kind of going through the, the lines of the song. So is the outside one of Taylor Swift's best tracks? No, um, but it's a really heartfelt piece that was written by a 12-year-old who was trying to grapple with these very complex feelings of being on the outside looking in. Obviously, all songs come from some sort of emotion, but I've always felt like Taylor Swift writes songs with extremely relatable emotions that resonate when we're young and now that we're older. This is one of the things that I really like about Taylor having this opportunity to revisit her old catalog now that she's older. You know, occasionally I'll pop on Fearless or even the Taylor Swift album and just like revisit the way that I felt when I was younger and listening to these songs. But there's something so much more poignant about hearing Taylor today with her voice, you know, more mature, and having had so much more experience in life, revisiting these songs that she wrote as a teenager. And so it's, it's really great to have this opportunity to look back at her catalog while she's reproducing this catalog of music that we've all known for so many years. And so I'm just really excited about going on this journey with you and with some of the really fun guests that I'm going to have on throughout the season. This podcast may be a mess, but it's the mess that you want it. So I hope you shake it off and come back and be here as we talk about three beloved tracks from Taylor Swift's debut album in our next episode.